0: Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die, where my goal is to give you evidence that although our bodies will disappear, we survive physical death. When we aren't afraid of death, we are less afraid of life. From these episodes, I aim for all of us to take more risks in life, go after our dreams, have great relationships, and hopefully a lot of joy and fun in the process. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international bestseller, We Don't Die, a Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And today, I am super, super thrilled to introduce you to Betty J. Edy. Now, Betty, the name might sound familiar to you because Betty is the author of the number one New York Times bestseller called Embraced by the Light. She has experienced one of the most profound and detailed near-death experiences ever recorded. Her book, Embraced by the Light, dominated the New York Times number 1 slot for 78 weeks and has been translated into 40 languages. The Awakening Heart also became a New York Times bestseller, where Betty shares more about her near-death experience and her heart of how she overcame her own struggles, including a terrible depression, upon returning to this world. The Ripple Effect is Betty's first teaching book and an encyclopedia of answers to spiritual questions about the afterlife. Embraced by the Light, Prayers and Devotions for Daily Living is a daily devotional of ongoing guidance and inspiration for each day's trials, triumphs, losses, and blessings. Betty has spoken to and worked with various groups, including the terminally ill, a prominent cancer research center, IANS, and eventually became a clinical hypnotherapist to help her connect with that eternal part of us all that is our spirit within our mortal body and can foster healing. Since having her visit to the spirit world and afterlife, Betty has worked tirelessly to help people learn that life does not end when we die, and has carried the message of God's unconditional love to millions all over the globe through her books, numerous television appearances, and radio interviews, as well as speaking events and various media. Her website is embracedbythelight.com. And we'll be getting to more of that at the end of the show. But right now, it is with so much joy that I introduce you to Betty Eedy. Hello,
1: Betty. Well, hello, and thank you so much for having me on your um, talk show. I think that this is a wonderful opportunity, again, to reach even more people with the message and, and those who perhaps... Um, have already enjoyed uh, some of my podcasts, which I am so behind on. Oh, that happens. <laughs> but It's just so hard to keep up with it all. It
0: really is. But um, the good news is on my website, which is We Don't Die Radio.com, I mm-hmm. will put a link not only to your Embrace by the Light, but to your YouTube site and your podcast because well, thank you. you're welcome one thing thank i've so found is that um you know and this is for me too because betty i'm going to be honest these shows are just as much for me as they are for you and for the listener i think the more times we can hear stories and especially different stories from different mouths about life after death and how to live a powerful life the more it's easy to accept we don't have to listen to that little voice in our head that's maybe a skeptic and um, can really give us some power so what I find happening and this is through emails I'm getting from my listeners is that people are listening to every episode because it's just we want more and I already know because I have your book that I'll be wanting more so I too will be tuning into your podcast so it's just and it's fun to share
1: I, I don't think you ever tire at least I I know I don't and I and I can tell by the sound of your voice that you certainly um feel the same and that is that you never can hear enough I just um uh, just before I uh, got on the phone here I was uh looking at my email and uh some of the email that came to me just uh, the last uh, well, I don't know a couple of hours uh, stories about their Near-death experiences, story about their spiritual experiences, all about the mysteries and and the miracles of of God. And um, people want uh, want to know why, why me? Why were they suddenly in touch with something so profound? and um it's it's exciting. And you know these are the days when The Awakening, uh, the reason I uh, called my book The Awakening Heart, because not just referring to my own, but we are in the awakening of spirituality in a greater way than ever before. And um, the veil between here and heaven is so thin that we are going to experience Uh, what lays actually uh, on uh, what's on the other side in a greater way. And so, um, you know, people are going to call them what they what they will. Basically, um, I just uh, saw it during my near death experience that there is this, um, uh, you know, before we have reached a point of where we must make a change. And before that change, there's always the rubbing against the friction, right. the problems. And we are in that now as uh, as a world, not just um, here in the U.S., but as a world. We are uh, feeling that friction. We're feeling that heat. We're feeling that fire. And therefore, on the other side, it's kind of their job to lessen uh, that fear and anxiety by um, showing us more of what is on the other side. And um, I absolutely love your title that uh, there, and I probably uh, won't say this verbatim, but um, we do not die, there is no death ever. Um, There is just a transformation from this body dropping our robe of flesh and entering into everlasting, actually, where we have always existed, but that we came here as spiritual beings, as you would go away to college and enter into a course of study. And this particular world is where we learn to love
2: hmm, That's beautiful. under
1: difficult situations. And our love is tested all the time, as as many will know. And um, the breaking up of families and all of that is all a part about love or the lack of love. And so the experience is very, very challenging. But we can do it. And that's what I will spend the rest of my life, encouraging people. Uh, to keep going forward and always put love first
0: well thank you for that and you know you said right at the beginning too sometimes when we do have a a huge breakthrough and and you're describing it like a shift in consciousness things get really bad and things get really tough and I think for many of us you know, we're in a part in our lives that maybe we can't see a way out that there's a, a lot of pain and you just gave me a bit of hope that sometimes when things get really tough, just on the other side is where that breakthrough is. That's when the the loving experience is going to come or something. So not to give up. Well, I think
1: there's an old saying that says, uh, uh, it, you know, it's darkest just before dawn. And I keep that in mind when I go through my uh, uh, trials, my struggles, and I think I'm at the bottom of the barrel or I'm at that darkest moment, but if I hang in there long enough, dawn is going to break and it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be beautiful. Now, is it going to stay that way? Well, probably not. <laughs> right. Because, again, as um, I said earlier, we're actually in a, uh, like, well, in a, um, uh, at a university for study. And there is always midterm or, there's always a task <laughs> laying before us, and there's always work that we have to accomplish, and we just have to keep on keeping on. And um, again, we get our breaks. We do. And, the, and, the, and they can be absolutely wonderful. But if you live your life according to love, your your love attracts love. And so you can keep continue to draw that powerful energy because there is only one energy that heals, you know, our physical body or our, our mind, um, and that is love. And this is why many people on their deathbeds uh, will wait until that one loved one shows up or they are um, the reason why hospitals ha- are allowing... Family to gather around mm-hmm. uh the the eel because their love is an energy that is um measurable and so maybe not measurable by any particular mechanical thing, right but you feel it you you walk into a room of love and and wow, <laughs> you just light up like a light bulb it's there,
0: yeah, and it feels good.
1: It oh does. yes,
0: Betty. Will or, you tell us when? Oh, sorry, I don't want to interrupt go you, but ahead, I just want us. to hear your story. There's many people that are like, "Oh, cool, she's got Betty Edie on her show," and there's many that have never heard of you. And just maybe um, tell us your story.
1: Well, um, I'll, I'll give you a very a brief on it because it is quite lengthy. Mm-hmm. Give us uh, the reason the reason for stuff. the book. Yes, um, I was. Uh, well, I'll give you a little bit of background. I'm uh, Native American, Lakota Sioux, for those who uh, know the names of of Native people. Um, my mother was Lakota Sioux. My father was Irish. And, and that only plays into and helps uh, any listener to understand the, um, the person that uh, developed, you know, from that, that came from that, uh, me and my background. My mother was... Catholic. My father was Lutheran, religious background. Mm-hmm. And um, I, uh, as a, a an Indian child, because when you're half, you're considered full. And um, I, I was taken from my home, from the family, and uh, the government uh, shifted all the Indian children into boarding schools. It was a Catholic boarding school. I was raised in boarding schools. Wow. Um, under the government rule, I learned in school that God, number one, hated heathens, he hated um, uh, Irish, and we would uh, be doomed to hell. This is what they taught me. I was only four. Yeah, I was only four years old. And so when you're raised up in that, you believe that that's true, because here are some goodwill people, so to speak, and they are teaching you that you are doomed to hell unless you live a straight line and just walk this narrow line. But more than likely, you're still not going to make it. So that's my religious background. Oh,
0: my goodness.
1: Um, I, At the age of four, shortly after I was in the first boarding school, I actually had my first near-death experience, but I didn't understand it. I uh, died of whooping and cough and, and double pneumonia, and while in the hospital, I was held by this fantastic um, being of light, except for that he wasn't just a light, he was um, tangible. I ran my fingers through his beard. I was only four and he held me like a, a baby and in his arms and cradled me. And And that was all that I remember. But that gave me an inner strength, I'm sure. I mean, I, I would take years of psychoanalysis. Right, to, find to figure out, it I'm out. Sure, but, but as I think back to what gave me some strength, because in an otherwise dysfunctional uh, family, uh, dysfunctional uh, religious background, I had some inner strength. And I know that it had to have come from that. It just had to. But, so I went through a lot of problems. Anyway, by the time I was 31 years old, I married when I was 15 wow. just to get away from home <laughs> and um, everything that was going on there. And uh, by the time I was 31, I, after having had seven children, I needed to go in for a hysterectomy. Oh, my. And, um, and I did. And it was during uh, or after following the surgery that day that um, I hemorrhaged and I died. Mm. Now, at the moment of my death, and I could tell that I was dying, but I couldn't ring for the nurse because I was in such a weakened condition. It was during a shift of 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 their schedule. Uh, so I was alone in the room. Mm-hmm. And I died, and I, uh, there, I felt this um, motion inside me and heard a pop. I don't know what the pop means, but almost every near-death experiencer will say there's this loud sound. It's all a, a pop.
2: Interesting.
1: And out of, I came up out of my body, and I came down pancaking the body, looking at it. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm, I'm dead, but I'm not dead. I mean, my body's dead, but I'm not dead. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't understand what that was. Um, then I w- was able to, I wanted to see my husband and my children, and I was able to travel quickly from that hospital to my home and uh, into the living room where my husband sat reading a newspaper, and my children were running up and down the stairs. And um, I looked at the clock, and I so I was uh, uh, aware of of Earth time, mm-hmm. and it was quarter to ten. Um, my husband was sitting there. Kids were not in bed like they were supposed to be. <laughs> and quite uh, <laughs> honestly, I had feelings because I was just a little bit ticked off that he didn't keep his promise that he would have the children in bed at Funny. their usual bedtime. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I still had earthly feelings. Right. But as I watched my children, uh, those feelings begin to, um to leave me. I looked at each one and I could see into their futures and I knew that they would be fine without me Hmm. and because I was concerned about leaving them
2: of course and when
1: I knew that they would be they all would be fine including my husband then I returned to my body and um, I began a journey that changed my life forever as I was spiraled down this uh, long tunnel. And into the most beautiful place that anyone could ever imagine, and not because of the visual. Uh, it was a black space. It was dark. If you put you, if you've ever been camping and you've taken your hand and put it in front of your face to see, in the middle of the woods, and you can't even see your hand. Right. That was what I felt. But what or I I couldn't see, but what I felt was incredible love. Um, just. Uh, just bathing me and and warming me and i felt wonderful and and if i didn't move from that place ever i would have enjoyed it for eternity wow I that's, just, lovely. I, I, that's how wonderful it was but a pinpoint of light came through just pierced through this blackness and uh, like a bright bright spotlight And it seemed to look for me and found me. And I was drawn into it. And when I came into the light, that is when I met Jesus Christ. Now, I know that's startling for a lot of people. It was startling for me. I would never have imagined being in, you know, just... (laughs) I just can't tell you how I would not have imagined being in his presence, much less him loving me. And yet he embraced me and held me and laughed while he was holding me. The most wonderful chuckle that any person, if you've ever been held by someone chuckling (laughs) and you feel their body movement, that was Jesus. And I just couldn't believe it, and I knew who he was. I didn't, I didn't, I I asked him about the nail prints in his hands, because, of course, that's what I was taught, and that's mm-hmm. what I saw in all the Catholic uh, churches. Yes. And he said, but you don't need to see my pain to know who I am. Wow. And I don't know exactly what that means, but I'm glad that I didn't need to see his pain to know who he, mm-hmm. you know, who he is. And um, and he just loved me. And uh, I, I just, I kind of, oddly enough, I chastised him for having had to come to earth. And I said, do you know what I went through? The Indian boarding schools and all the terror that I experienced. And he said, all to make you who you are today. Wow. And... I didn't. I didn't understand that at the at the moment. No, I, I really didn't. I only understand now, as I look back. But um, he went on, and, and there's a lot more. But he went on to have me experience the heavens, and um, I saw a waterfall that was beautiful, and every little droplet of water uh, had a tone in it as it rippled over the, the water, or the rocks. And um, and I, I understood that each tone was singing praises unto God. And uh, uh, I had imagined when I was a kid, when the churches spoke about going to heaven and singing hallelujahs forever, I thought, oh, how boring, because <laughs> for one thing, I don't sing very well, or I did then, but I didn't want to sing hallelujahs. And then I thought, what an egotistical God that he would want us to sing hallelujahs to him forever. Right. I mean, that's it, right? Yeah, I went to Catholic school <laughs> myself. <laughs> so I couldn't believe it. And But th- then I saw how we glorify God. He is an evolving being, just as we are his, because we are his creation, and we are evolving. God is evolving. And what we do to bless him, whatever we do good, blesses him as well, just as children bless their parents when they evolve into greater men and greater women through their own work. And, I mean, just all of this uh, came to me so quickly, all the, not just the questioning of it, all the questions of it, any thought of it, but all the answers just poured into me.
0: Wow. I never thought of an evolving God. I'm just thinking of that with everything I've learned, God is God. But what a beautiful
1: picture in my mind. Right. That's really And he wants cool. us to evolve. He wants us to become like he is, just as parents that have already mastered being a parent, a good parent. And then they want to teach their children, look, I did that and that wasn't a good, a good thing and so I did this and this worked. Same way God works through our lives. He allows us to find, to, you see, anything that we to internalize is earned through experience. Yes. Knowledge is only acquired through experience. I mean, you can, osmosis, you can learn a lot of things. <laughs> but it is not internalized until you have experienced it for yourself. And then that experience, you own it. it becomes a part of your essence forever osmosis is not a part of your experience
0: well it's like learning something in a textbook and then leaving school and then learning it on the job
1: exactly it
0: becomes you it becomes in your DNA when you actually have the action
1: absolutely and I learned a lot about DNA and uh, cellular memory uh, the memories of your parents become your own. Everything about, and this goes back generations, and this kind of explains explained to me why many people feel that they were reincarnated. I was told way back by a psychic that I was Mary Queen of Scots. Well, maybe she got that because she understood I was part Irish, right? Right. So at a speaking event, um, a woman said, Betty, you don't speak well of reincarnation. And I said, no, I don't. I do know some people will come back to Earth as a teacher, and they may reincarnate. But not all of us. We hmm. just don't. I was told that. And she said, well, I am reincarnated. I said, you're reincarnated as, she says, I marry Queen of Scots. <laughs> I said, Really? I says i can to give you one good reason why you're not. She says why? I said because I am. <laughs> <laughs> you see, our blood runs. I just had my DNA done. Uh, you know, through the Amazon or not, not Amazon, but through um, um, oh, what's it called? Oh, it? the
0: website that Ancestry dot com.
1: Yeah, Ancestry dot yeah. com. I just had mine done. And it's amazing. I mean, I just, I thought, I've got to do this. I, I've, I tell everyone I'm half Indian, I'm half Irish. Well, you know what? We're all pretty much related because <laughs> the Indians came from Asia. They came from here. They came from there. They migrated and da-da-da-da-da. And uh, it's awesome. And um, uh, just, I mean, it's just amazing. And so we are all brothers and sisters under the same God that created us. And uh, it's powerful. It sure is. It really is powerful. But I experienced the many worlds that God created. Now, this is before our scientists uh, found that there are many worlds, many universes. Uh, They didn't know this back when I had my near-death experience. So when I spoke about it, everyone thought I was really truly nuts
0: yeah of course when was this was it in the 90s it
1: was in the 70s it
0: was in the 70s okay
1: right the book came out in the 90s they still thought early 90s they still thought i was nuts because they hadn't heard about it right until about 96 and uh, then scientists had this great discovery that there are many many worlds there are many many universes and um and I knew that back in 1970. I'm not saying that to brag. It's just that it it gave me such joy. I was at a beauty salon when I had was getting my hair done. Same woman, years and years and years. And I, I she knew my experience frontward and backwards because she would add, quiz me every time I'd go there.
0: That's funny. And
1: she, yeah, so when I showed up, she had the magazine, Science magazine, and so she flips it right down on the desk beside me. She says there you go and I looked at it and there it was science <laughs> to prove that all of this is going on and so here are these people just kind of uh, excited to validate uh, show me some validation of what I've experienced
0: but you knew it was the truth
1: oh I knew it doubt. was the truth and my husband said I can't even imagine it. there's more, I mean, there's so more we could almost do another show just about all the stuff, but
0: at least one it would be probably <laughs> more than that,
1: yeah, and it's just uh it was it' just kind of incredible to see everything that I was shown in what I call heaven uh unfold even today, and so it's um. It, again, it's validation, uh, you know, for me and my experience. And as I have shared it uh, in my books, others who have read it, they are, you know, they email me, they whatever, let me know that, Betty, you said this and here it is. And it's not because I, I, I said it, what was exciting or wrote about it, what's exciting to me is that, well, what's interesting to me is why did they share it with me? Why was I to know unless I am to share it? And that's why I continue to do this work. I'm seventy two years old. I expected to be gone long time ago.
0: Hmm. Your work's not done yet.
1: It's not done yet. And so who is it that I'm gonna reach? Well I just signed a contract with Ridley Scott Productions uh, to start, begin work towards the film.
0: Congratulations.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited about it. And um, I've withheld all these years uh, because I needed to have someone to work with that understood why Embraced by the Light the movie needs to be Embraced by the Light, the book, or uh, uh, as written in Embraced by Light, the book. Yes. Because, I don't know how you are, but I, I, if I find a book that I love and then go see the movie and they've changed things. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's very disappointing. It is very, very disappointing. Very disappointing. Yeah. In, embraced by Light is going to be hard, actually, to... Uh, you know, to write a screenplay for. I mm-hmm. wrote one. I gave it to the Ridley Scots, but I'm not a professional right. uh, screenplay writer, so they're going to get someone to work with what I wrote and uh, bring it up to Hollywood standards. But the best part is that I re- I retained the control Excellent. of what goes in the movie. So I don't want um, anyone to, to ever disbelieve what I say or what I write because I hold that responsibility very near and dear my heart I mean it is my my spirit's goal to share what I what was shared uh, with me to tell and um, I wouldn't want to mislead or or send anyone into a, de- a wrong direction.
0: That's awesome, and it's so evident just by you being here today that you just say yes because even if it's one person, you make a difference with. You just never know.
1: You know, you never know. You never. That, you're, you're right. <laughs> you never. You, know. And you never
0: know who's listening, or you just or never know wants. the transformation that can happen. I've seen people, even with my own book, choose not to commit suicide because of my words and now they're out making a difference for someone else and it's like you know i i don't take the credit as me sandra champlain those are my words you know But it's my experiences my you know i believe my dad had a hand in it too from the other side and but just the power And, and so to just say yes to everything and make a difference and just trust um, that it's going to land in the ears and in the movie's case in the eyes of the, the right people and I do think this is the time I mean even just having you know,
1: I believe that and I believe that whenever you know I believe in the, what they showed me of course on the other side was a matrix I'm going to call it matrix because people okay. can get the visual on it Right. but it's, 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 it's similar to what you would imagine a, an energy field would look like surrounding the world like a net and for every good thought it goes out like a a radio signal for every negative thought that goes out and they start tapping into other negative thought until it continues to build and then someone who is very negative might draw all of that into them because they become a conduit a or a source to be landed upon (laughs) <laughs> Can you you know what I mean? Can you I get do. The All right. And the same thing then is true for what you put out there in your book is if it's blessed that one person uh kept them from suicide, that you know it's gonna ripple out. There are gonna be more. I can't tell you how many people not only did not commit a uh um uh have an abortion, but who did not uh take their own life because embraced by light. Oh, that's
2: beautiful. There are too
1: many to even mention. And uh, and it's not my work. I mean, no. I, I think, okay, it's, to me, it's the, you know, the creator. It's my experience. I don't, uh, certainly, I don't live up to any perfect standard. And, um, but I glory in it in that I still marvel and wonder uh, at the beauty of God's creation and how He inspires people like yourself to fill that empty, empty void, because before you can create anything, there has to be a void, a space for it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so you were drawn into that void to create your book. There was a place for it, ripe and ready for it. And that book is is going to be used to do wonderful things because there are many people out there who are afraid of death, they're afraid of dying. They need to know that there is no death, that life continues after this earth. And it's no more difficult than they can imagine when they have their bathrobe on getting ready to get in the shower. You wouldn't get in the shower with your bathrobe on. No. So you slip your robe off and drop it or you hang it, whatever you do. But that's how it. That's what it's like when you get out of your body. Just like that, simple, easy.
0: Simple, easy.
1: No yeah. pain, just no pain Like moving from
0: one door into another room.
1: Exactly. Except for you have that weight off of you, and that's why I use the idea of a of a bathroom. Bath because you're letting something go, and that is the past. That is your body. You have graduated, and another thing in that is that you're not going to go back until it's your time, because God is in control of that, and if it's your time to go, nothing's going to keep you here, nothing's going to prevent it, you're just going to go. Otherwise, everyone would say, I was driving down the road, and I almost got hit. Hmm. Like almost but why didn't you
0: right not your time
1: it's not your time did... and at the time of death there's no pain so there's no pain in death there is pain in staying there's pain in recovery yes but there's no pain in death
0: Betty did you experience what so many people experience as like a life review and seeing angels or deceased loved ones any of that
1: I did I um uh, I I had to see that everyone will need to go through a life review I was told because it's through the life review that you um well you see the harm that you've done you see the you experience everything in your life um that you've done t- to others if if there's no uh repentance or forgiveness that's where that comes in and um, uh, I experienced some of that. It wasn't pleasure- pleasurable at all. But, um, but at the end of the life review, you will experience, and you experience the ripple effect of it. What do you mean? So, well, like this one woman I met, she had a, an NDE. She was uh, actually uh, in college. She was uh, walking to campus late at night when she felt, uh someone hit her back several times like a fist
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um uh she lost consciousness and then she said the next thing she knew she was floating above her body watching as this man was stabbing her in the back
0: oh my goodness.
1: he dragged her into the bushes he slit her fist or her or her not her wrist but her throat. her throat he made attempts at slicing her throat He did all kinds of things to her, raped her. uh, While she was observing this, she wasn't experiencing it, she was watching it. And she said she was told that this man, uh, if she didn't come back to her body, that this man would be found guilty, of course, and he would be sent to prison for murder, and he would never have an opportunity to change his ways. But if she came back, that he would have that opportunity. She came back into her body. And she said, I don't know why I did. She says, I was like another person. I, all I felt was love. And I felt love for this man who assaulted me
0: because oh my. he had been
1: assaulted. And uh, she was able to see into his life uh, and see what brought him to this horrible point of abusing her and she forgave him and she came back she came to one of my speaking events and it was after the event when she came walking up and she was dragging a leg and she could she whisper um was all she could do because she was in her 30s now so it'd been some Mm -hmm. years but she was still maimed now she says what happened she says when he dies, I said, if he has not made that right with himself and with God, he is going to experience everything that you experienced. Oh, you know, in the Bible where it says 10 times, whatever the amount I forget now, but yes, yeah, you're going to experience the whole ripple. He's going to experience her pain. He's going to experience that she was an only child he's going to experience the pain of her mother, the pain of the father, the pain of the relatives, every pain until every last drop of pain from that particular deed has been experienced. Ouch. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. It all must be reversed. And the same thing happens. And by the time I couldn't stand anymore my Uh life review, I didn't do, commit any heinous crimes or do anything like that, but I was mean to people and said hurtful things, sure. and I had to feel their soul and what they felt at the moment when I stung them with my quick tongue, and um, and it was painful to me, of very course. painful, and then I got to experience all the kind deeds I did and how they rippled out.
0: Okay, that's good. Yeah. That's and
1: they told me that I, you know, in the end, I'm feeling pretty good now. And they said, you've been too harsh on yourself. Mm-hmm. Harsh. That's the word they use, harsh. Mm-hmm. I never used that word before uh, then. And I thought, too harsh? What? Well, that's where, you know, when you have a conscience, sometimes you browbeat yourself. You yes. beat yourself for all your mistakes. Right. Well, they said I was too harsh on myself, and I needed to lighten up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I thought, how wonderful that is. That's wonderful. So when I see then and hear from people who, embraced by light, has brought some comfort or transformed their life, and they'll say, I know you've heard this many times before, but I just had to tell you, and I hope you don't get bored. I'm going, <laughs> I'm just going, don't get bored. Are you kidding me? You are my lifesaver. <laughs> That's, oh. It's like, ka this is another experience I'm going to experience as a wonderful experience on the other side. That's fantastic. Can yes, we make
0: amends here so that we don't have to go through...
1: Absolutely, and this is what actually most of the churches teach, and that is um, whatever amends you can make. Some people, um, they'll suffer because uh, they're past being the ability to make an amend, but if you can go to someone you've hurt and you tell them that you're sorry and mean it, you're sorry, and whether they accept that or not, that's up to them. Hmm. but you have to mean it from your heart and just say, you know what, what I said was a very hurtful thing and please forgive me. I'm sorry. That's up to them. Uh, if you've stolen something, return it and apologize for it. You know, there was a, there's a scripture that said, conf- you know, confess your sin to men. Um, Catholics always thought you had to go to confession. Yes,
0: I know about that. Okay,
1: All right. <laughs> um, when you confess your sin to men, let's let's say that you did something that was
2: mm-hmm.
1: not not really hurtful or harmful or whatever, but you just felt like you had to tell someone. Yes. Let's say you told me. Do you know what? How? And I know you've done this to other people, to your friends, your relatives. Once you get it out of your mouth, that it was not a good thing. You feel this weight come off your chest
0: definitely
1: yeah that is uh the psychology of releasing that built up negativity so you can open that channel that flow of of serenity and peace and just let it flow and so we can confess our sins by going to a person that is that we feel that we have done wrong Mm -hmm. we can ask for forgiveness whether they forgive us sir or not is on them it may take them a while to forget and so you can't judge them say okay you haven't forgiven me it's on you no uh uh-uh it might take them a while to forget it so you don't judge them you just have to do your part and make right any wrong that you can make right and um, and the others, you have to, and then you have to forgive yourself. You know, ask forgiveness uh, to God. But the gr- hardest part is forgiving yourself. And it, um, it
0: resonates with me when you said you were harsh with yourself, because I have had more people tell me that they can't believe how hard I am on myself, and I would never be that way on someone
1: else. Well, you expect more out of yourself because you know what's in you. Right. You don't know what's in them, and um, and which is a good sign because when you're harsh on yourself, it's because you know better, you know you can do it. You know that you can rise above. You know all of that, well, and so you.
0: Yeah, used. I think there's one side of that that's true, but there's also a side of me that looks in the mirror, not lovable, not good enough. Not smart enough. That kind of harsh.
1: Oh, okay. Well, that's why I went into <laughs> to uh, became a clinical hypnotherapist
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: because many people, like myself, uh, grew up uh, with uh, you know people telling me I'm not good enough and uh, I'm not this uh, you know uh, low self esteem, sure. low self worth, and that usually comes from uh, early from early way early in childhood. Uh, You learn all of that, uh, you know, by the time you're three, four years old, pretty much what you know about yourself is kind of established, and the rest confirms it, so Mm -hmm. the rest of your life. And it's confirmed because you believe that you bought into a lie, and they showed this to me actually in heaven as well, that we came to earth as an empty vessel, just pure, innocent, and ready for our for preparation, I guess, to live the life that we are going to live through the parents that we chose.
2: Right.
1: We needed to uh, have a little bit of them in us, you know, because you fight fire with fire.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And so little by little, they, each one poured in, of themselves into us by their words, by their deeds, by their actions, you know, their uh, body language, all of this is poured into our vessel. Uh, our siblings, our teachers our our schoolmates uh they uh they also uh, confirm uh who we are uh what we who we think we are, and at some point in adulthood, you just need to pour all that out and say, You know what? they thought that of me because they didn't know me. And I lived a lie by trying to live the person that they told me I was. Now I'm going to rethink who I am. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to create the person I want to be. And then you do that instead. Because now you're in control of your own thought. Now... You don't want to get rid of everything because everything that's poured into you is, prepares you for the tough times ahead. Sure. If you were raised in a tough situation.
2: Right.
1: And uh, so you become thankful for it. And everything you have to be grateful for and bless, and it will bless you. And that's what I've, I've had to do because um, I was raised in Indian boarding schools. I don't know of a tougher place to be raised. No. <laughs> I really don't. These are kids that have been abused. These are kids that abuse. Um, they were angry. They were taken away from their families, uh, and and they lost hope. And had I not had this near-death experience, I can't even imagine, you know, my life. I, I really can't even imagine what that might have been. So... Again, removing any judgment of anyone else's life. Right. I see my experience as a plus factor in my life and also a mission that I will continue to perform until I'm taken home. And um, when I finish that mission, which I hope it's the movie because I'm so excited. to. Oh,
2: that's a big deal. That's so exciting.
1: Yeah, yeah it's exciting and I want to... Here's what I want to do. I want to visit as many theaters as I can. That's great. uh, And sit in the back and watch the people watch, embrace. Oh. I really do. That's great. Now, whether or not I let them know that I'm there, I don't know if I have enough guts to do that. (laughs) (laughs) But I just want to. It's a dream. It's a... um, it's it's my wish. I just want to do it. I just want to set up there, and just absorb them, and uh, their feelings. And so that's how I want. That's how good I want this movie to be. I want them to sense and feel a touch of heaven that I brought back. Oh, you gave me goosebumps. Yeah. Well,
0: we all want that. Did you, Betty? Did you experience any people or any pets or any vision? I mean, I, I. I know it's almost impossible because we haven't been there, but is yeah, there a yes, vision, I did. vision mm-hmm. of heaven that maybe you could describe that? Because um, there's some people listening here that have been told themselves or a loved one only has a few days left, or there's a lot of fear, and to just know that it's gonna be okay.
1: Well, it is going to be okay, and uh, the thoughts on the other side, first off, when you pass and you're on the other side, are not really going to be about your loved ones here on Earth. No? Um, uh, you, you don't grieve for them. Hmm. Uh, now, you do look after them, because we have this eternal connection with our loved ones. And uh, so, yes, they do, uh, they can come and uh forewarn you of something that you may need to be protected from they can come and help you well people know that i mean Mm -hmm. it's just um uh they can do this in various ways i just want to hear it
0: i know but i want to hear it
1: (laughs) yeah 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 yeah, Yeah, they do and yeah tell us um i felt my husband here just a a few months ago he died four years ago and Mm -hmm. and i i um walked into my closet it's a a walk-in closet and uh but the the door is kind of at an angle or something because you walk in it automatically closes it just swings strange oh and uh but when i walked in the door swung shut and um and the lights went off oh so i'm in this closet no window of course and it's just pitch black i felt his presence because the day he died, the only other time that that light went out was and did this exact same thing. When I went in into the closet to to change clothes, the door shut and the light went off. Exactly the same thing hmm. occurred, and uh, that's that's four years. I right. mean, I walk into my closet closet a lot every
2: day, sure. <laughs> every day,
1: <laughs> so now. It could be my subconscious mind, making the connection, but when your spirit feels the essence of another spirit, you know it's different. Yes. You know, you really do know, and and uh, my daughter said that she, he loved Blue Jays, and she said, she, you see them all the time here, uh, but she says this particular one, she felt something from, and it just walked right alongside her, and uh, so... Whatever we tap into like that, i you know I just say, follow your heart, feel your spirit, if it feels right to you, then it's right
2: <laughs> and
1: so'cause <laughs> uh the way that they make contact it it can vary uh in so many different I mean it's just uh, you just can't say the only way they're gonna appear is a ghostly figure or this, that, or the other. There are so many ways that the people from on the other side. Will make that contact. It'll be the perfect contact for each individual. So you'll know. Oh, I
0: have another question. Mm-hmm. Only because I got myself into a lot of hot water by writing this in my book.
1: Uh-oh. Uh oh. Well, besides <laughs> having
0: my book, I'm also a chef and I, okay. own, I own a chocolate shop. And mm. inside the book, I say something like, There's no chocolate in heaven. Now, I say that. And what I meant by that, so I'm coming clean here, and this is, you know, I don't push my beliefs on anyone. I don't say it's the truth, but my idea and I, my thought is, while we're here on planet Earth, we have a body and we have the five senses. So my thought was, while we're here on Earth, use our eyes and see the beautiful sunrise use our ears and hear the beautiful music use our tongue and taste the chocolate use our touch and feel the embrace of a hug so our we get something here on earth having the five senses so what i was trying to say is to live in the present moment to experience instead of being how often we're all in our heads and not paying attention to the human being right in front of us so by saying there's no chocolate in heaven what I was trying to say is really experience our body while we have it now so here's the question and I'm quite okay with being wrong but is there a sense of having a body of experiencing touch and sight and smell and and taste in heaven one lady said to me if there's no chocolate in heaven means that i can't hug my child when i get reunited and i i felt awful because that wasn't what i meant but do you have any words of is there that sense of comfort of those senses there is
1: there is all of that and but it's heightened okay so our senses our senses are so increased that it's incredible I can't even describe it um, they are so awesome and um, uh, the, when you talked about you mentioned chocolate <laughs> <laughs> that's I you know I don't I, I, I don't even know how to tell you this Um when my husband passed and I walked into the closet and um, I needed to get dressed uh, so that, you know, the when the morticians and whatnot mm-hmm. came for his body, I'd be I'd have clothes on. So I went into the closet, the door shut, the lights went off. And as I stood there, I felt as though... And I can only describe it, and I've told everyone, so you're not the first to hear this, but I told everyone <laughs> because it just blew me away that this white milk chocolate just seemed to pour over me. Wow. And its warmth and its lightness and its beauty, I mean, it was just like milk chocolate. I mean, I didn't know how else to describe it. Mm-hmm. And um, I came out of my closet 45 minutes later, fully dressed. The light never came on, back on. And I, I so I lost 45 minutes of whatever was going on because I just walked in, lights went, short, door shut. The light went off. I was covered with white milk chocolate and um, walked out, dressed, fully dressed. Now, in my closet, if anyone were to walk in there they'd say, "Oh my gosh, she needs to do something about this closet." <laughs> I wouldn't be able to find <laughs> I don't know what I wore that day, but I wouldn't have been able to match up a pair of pants with the with a shirt right. or a blouse or anything, you know, especially <laughs> in the dark. Yeah, especially in the dark covered with all the chocolate and uh, I just came out but I that I had such Peace um, and feelings of uh, serenity. um, You just, you just would never, you just couldn't, you just couldn't even imagine it. All right, now I'm gonna tell you one more thing. This is gonna be really odd, and I haven't told anyone publicly about this, so I'll leave you with something. Some Special.
0: juicy nugget. And when I'm watching the movie, I can remember this.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> she told me first. Go ahead. <laughs> You're going to be the
1: first to know about okay. this. It's only because you got such a hassle about your chocolate, okay? Yes. All right. So, now that was four years ago when my husband passed. Well, not too long ago, within a year, uh, this, this, uh, six months, seven months, something like that, um, now, I, my husband that just passed, uh, he and I, we were married almost 50 years. Uh, but before that, I was married, uh, briefly, uh, six years, five, six, five years, something. And, um, we didn't have a whole lot of contact or anything. But anyway, uh, after, uh, just six months ago, I get a phone call. Now get this too, on my husband's birthday. Wow. The phone rings. It's my ex-husband. Wow. The
0: one you married when you were 15?
1: Right. Wow. And he said, Betty, is there a chance that I could get to see you and the children? We had three together. Mm -hmm. We actually had four, but one died. He says, uh, and they're in their 50s. We're talking about 50 years now.
2: Oh, boy. And
1: um, he says that I could see them before I die, before I pass. He says, I have one week. He says, I just got out of the hospital. They found him found him dead in his home and took him to the hospital, revived him. And now the doctor says he has about a week.
2: Hmm.
1: And I said, I'll call them. We'll we'll find out. So I grab them, and, I, of course, they went. I mean, they're very loving children. And yes. They, they didn't know him all that well but they went and I uh, says let's just go I and mean, we've got to do this out of the kindness of our heart and we did and um, he hesitated but uh, we, we ended up being there six weeks he didn't die oh I know and uh, so <laughs> I know it sounds terrible but no we were there, and uh, and I told him we, you know, we're gonna just give him all the love of family and whatnot until That's
0: beautiful.
1: until he goes. But here's the thing, he said I had what you wrote about, and I never believed. He says I did not believe in your near death experience. Oh. He said people would ask me about it, and I just tell them I don't believe it. He says because I never believed in God. And for one, for one, and he says, and when you die. You die. It's over. Yeah, it's (laughs) over. He says, until I died. And he went on to describe that when they sent him back, that he was covered with not white chocolate, but brown chocolate, just regular chocolate. Huh. So what does chocolate have to do with that? Then I receive an email from a woman that's talking about chocolate. And I thought I don't know, so this is something that's very curious. <laughs> I'm curious about. I think that I think what might happen is that our minds are so powerful, and we have a wonderful experience, like I did in the in my closet of that peace and in the, in the and the warmth and the beauty of you know maybe that is what my mind created. So I can go I can go so far as to say that could be a creation of the mind. But do all people choose chocolate? I don't know. Interesting.
2: But I have heard
1: from many people that yes. So I'm afraid your theory <laughs> may be wrong, but then on the but other that's hand That's okay. Yeah.
0: I'm okay being wrong and I assert that while we're here with this body to live in the present moment and experience with all of our senses because far too often, and I think that you've probably heard this too, regrets that people have is they weren't present to certain things happening. You know, I mean, I even go to, go to a restaurant. Absolutely. Yeah, and you're
1: right about the body. We have to use our bodies Were given to us to experience life and we should, we should use it to the max. Yeah. And be grateful for every um uh for our abilities. No matter what, even the disabled. Um uh they you know they're just so much better off if they show gratitude for what they do have.
0: Yeah, gratitude um, is
1: Right. Gratitude is just an absolute must for everything and I have a daughter who became paralyzed after having a knee surgery and
2: Oh boy.
1: Um I just again I marvel at her gratitude and uh for you know her abilities uh, that she still maintains and um yeah the nerves have uh we have the power of using our mind to heal any part of our body if we can believe it and um working with her she's been able to walk again she is um uh, getting her feelings back uh, in her body. And that's because she has the will and the mind to do it. And a mother that refuses to believe that that's all there is.
0: Yeah, you're a good mom to have. Our time is coming to an end, Betty, but I found a quote of yours on the Internet, my favorite place to research, And you had mentioned something about this earlier on. And I'm just wondering, I'm going to read the quote. And just if you can leave us some words of wisdom, because I think this is juicy. You wrote, and I think this is you because it's quoted by you. If If we understood the power of our thoughts, we would guard them more closely. If we understood the awesome power of our words, We would prefer silence to almost anything negative. In our thoughts and words, we create our weaknesses and our strengths.
1: Amen. And yes, I did write that. Mm -hmm. And that is um, absolutely true. And, um, you know, our our doctors are finding that out that that is true as well. When you listen to the um, words people speak, they literally declare uh, the ailment um, like uh, I don't. Uh, let me see again. Going back to my uh, speaking event, I always say at the time when I did my research on the internet and other where other places, I found out that the the number one item bought in any drugstore was preparation h <laughs> you know what that is i right? do and do you know the word that would cause them to have to go to the store to buy it people are always saying you're a pain in a butt yes right right and <laughs> in other words correct yeah or oh my stomach you make me sick or, you know, they and they, they will even take and, and touch their stomach. So you're not only giving, saying what is sick in you, you're touching it and, and um, uh, declaring it. In other words, you are a co-creator with God. We all are. And we use our words to create. You can create a thought in another person's mind just by manipulating things in a certain way. And again, why I went into hypnotherapy, I learned that you—the power of the mind—is so wonderful. God created us in such a beautiful way. If you can think it, you can become it, no matter what it is—good, oh, bad, or indifferent.
0: Good news.
1: Yeah. So you must be aware of your thoughts because the thoughts are seeds and by your words you're declaring it and by your actions you are planting it it is there wow yeah so you have to be so careful and and, and trust me and believe me i don't do it all the time myself oh, it's I know. very very challenging but it's something to to keep in mind and to work on at, at all times
0: oh thank you so much I know Betty there's so much more we could talk about and um but the the bottom line is I'm sending you like a big thank you I love you you are to me an inspiration of who I want to become with my message and and you had said earlier you know why did I get this and why did this happen to me and I have this just this funny visual that you know god floating around with these Big missions. Well, these two, <laughs> these two gals have pretty big mouths, you know. <laughs> they love well,
1: people. I think, yeah, no, you, you. I'm sure that what happened is we volunteered. I know. Yeah, he says, okay, I need this done, that done, and this done, and we're going, I'll do it. I'll do
0: it. I'll do it. Oh, there's going to be exactly. some pain involved. Oh, that's all yeah. right. i'm tough i I love people i can share oh but i really want to thank you and i'm excited just to continue connecting with you to share who you are with the folks that have uh, stumbled upon we don't die radio Um, right and just to share because there's so much strength in numbers and it feels good not only to just have listened to you for the past hour but this it's i i get this visual of like this army being created of those of us who somewhere deep inside we knew this is the truth we knew that there's a higher purpose um a lot of people have had life near death experiences i found that i've never told anybody because they were afraid of what people would think but to create this safe place no this is real this is good have the courage speak it and the more this army gets created army for the good the more lives will be impacted the more faith we'll have the more Um, healing will occur the more forgiveness and ultimately like you say being here on earth the more love will be generated and the more love we give i know the more love we receive so betty thank you for being just such a foundation and such a gosh just a giving generous soul you will never see oh maybe i'll take that back because when you have your life review Right, you will be right there in the seats of every person seeing that movie in Absolutely. every theater around the world for eternity and you will get the difference that you've made on planet earth and in so many lives so thank you for that
1: and thank you Sandra for giving me this opportunity to just go through it all again and to reach whomever yeah because um we are all very important to god and and to me the right people are here listening
0: yes and this is to our listener who spent the last hour with betty and i thank you for your time thank you for just being on the edge of your seat and listening and I do hope it's made a difference in your life I think it has because it has in mine as well and Betty can be reached you can go to her website embracedbythelight.com and also on my website radio.com I have a picture of Betty I have her website link also the link to the podcast and she's got some YouTube videos and I'll have them all right there so this is Sandra Champlain I've been your host and as a reminder I believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is important and as Betty just told us really practice love I'll make amends. I know we all have some. We don't, we won't wait till that life review to um, feel them and really watch our thoughts, watch our words, speak positively, keep our mouth shut if we're thinking something negatively. But most of all, have a great day and, a, and just, let's just be grateful for having this time together. So we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening.